May God be in our heads and in our understanding. May God be in my mouth and in my speaking. May God be in our hearts and in our thinking. And at the last, may God be at our end and at our departing. Amen. So Ken and Whittle asked me where I'm uh, speaking from this, this afternoon. And uh, in case I've never mentioned it before, and I don't think I have in this group, I am the rector of a four-point parish in southwestern Manitoba. Um, Christ Church Melita, Manitoba, St. John's Reston, Manitoba, St. Mark's Elkhorn, Manitoba, and finally, where I'm standing this day, St. Mary's Verdon, Manitoba. And as I preach in front of the Trinity crowd, as it were, um, I'm reminded of what actually one of my predecessors in this position, uh, the, ver- the Reverend uh, Edward Lay King. Uh, Father King was the rector here from ni- way back in 1901 to 1906, and then he went from here straight to St. Thomas Huron Street, um, where he served uh, for not very long, actually, about less than a year and a half. And if you go into St. Thomas Huron Street, uh, the Lady Chapel, you'll see that there is actually a, a wonderful plaque that is dedicated to the memory of Father King, who was killed tragically in a um, train wreck uh, accident, I should say, sorry, in Salisbury in 1908. So I remember him this day as I, as I speak from this very sacred space where I was actually ordained a deacon way back when. But enough about me. Our gospel reading, or our second reading for this afternoon's service is from St. Matthew's Gospel, as you might remember. And in this gospel, we've kind of moved to the end of the gospel for a brief period of time. You might remember if you were in church on Sunday, we read from Luke's gospel from later on, you know, when the sun and the moon and the stars and everything kind of goes all end times. But in our gospel reading from St. Matthew's gospel, later part of it anyway, we find him teaching in the temple once more. And it's helpful to us to remember that this is his last stint in the temple before his trial, his death, and his resurrection. And he's teaching up a storm. He, I can imagine the frenetic energy that he's teaching with because this, he knows that this is his last chance to kind of bring home the message um, before his life ends. And at the beginning of the passage, we hear that he runs into the chief priests and the elders. And the chief priests and elders, I would also imagine, are not pleased because Jesus is on their turf, as it were. He is teaching and preaching in the temple. And so the chief priests and the elders ask, who are you? Who are you to stand in this place and teach? By what authority are you given this right? What are you doing here? I can, I can feel the energy coming off of the chief priests and the elders. They're angry. They're a little peeved. And, of course, in their anger, they question his authority to teach and preach. Jesus responds with a bit of a backhand and gives them a parable. The parable of the two sons, which we see here. Where the first son changes his mind which might be seen as repentance, while the second son is shown to be a liar and a hypocrite. And as I was praying through the scriptures to prepare for this time this afternoon, my eye was caught by Matthew twenty-one thirty-one, where Jesus says this, 
Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. So imagine with me, if you will. Jesus is already teaching in the temple. He's already made the chief priests and the elders mad. And then he goes and says something like that. Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of heaven before you. Imagine their anger. Imagine with me their emotions as they're hearing these words come out of Jesus' mouth. And not only imagine that there was shock because Jesus is calling out the chief priests and the elders in the temple, but there's anger too as Jesus challenges them. For the chief priests and the elders have been working uber hard on their own salvation. And yet, Jesus was telling them that tax collectors and sinners, those people over there, those sinners over there, those people who in the eyes of the chief priests and the elders weren't worth a darn, those people who were on the fringes of the society around them, were going to get into the kingdom of heaven before them. Who are these people to even be worthy of a relationship with God? And in the, the latter part of our reading, Jesus uses the parable of the two sons to show the chief priests and elders why the tax collectors and the prostitutes, the sinners of the world, were going to make it into the kingdom of God before the chief priests and the elders. They were going to do it because they understood John's message. While the chief priests and the elders didn't. In a short story, Jesus lands a metaphorical backhand to the chief priests and the elders and calls them hypocrites. Again, I can only imagine what they were feeling. Hearing that must have hurt. If you've ever been called a hypocrite, you know how personally you take it. The chief priests and the elders were people who took their relationship with God very, very seriously. Opposed to those people over there those tax collectors, those sinners who didn't, at least in the eyes of the chief priests and the elders. This reading might leave us wondering what we can take from it in this Advent season. And we hear in this passage about the ministry of John the Baptist. And these publicans and harlots, to quote the KJV translation of this passage, realize something here. They realize something about the message of John the Baptist that the chief elders and the priests did not. John the Baptist was preaching, had preached, I should say, a message of repentance, that anyone who repented and turned toward themselves, towards God, could have a relationship with him. And when I say anybody who repented, I mean anybody who repented. Even tax collectors and sinners, publicans and harlots, they could turn towards God, repent, and be reconciled. 
This would have blown the mind of the chief priests and elders, who probably would have labeled these people as too far gone or unworthy of repentance. When Jesus calls out the chief priests and the elders, he is referring to this. He is reminding the chief priests and the elders and anybody listening that there is nobody, and I mean nobody, that is too far gone or unworthy of repentance in the eyes of God. The so what for you and I comes this day in that you and I can fall into that trap like the chief priests and the elders. It's easy for us sometimes to think that the message of the gospel is for a select few, especially for those who look and act like us. As we begin this Advent season, where we prepare our hearts once more to meditate on the mystery of the incarnation, the word made flesh come among us. Let us pause and repent of our thinking that others around us may not be worthy of our time. Let us repent of our thinking that others may not be worthy of repentance. Let us once again prepare our hearts and minds in this Advent season once more to hear the message of the word of the Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we, all of us, are loved beyond all measure, and that no one, absolutely no one, is beyond redemption. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.